I'm grateful that after singing, we go to the most important part of why we come together. And that is the Word of God. So that He is honored, respected, and reverenced here this morning. And this morning, if you have your Bibles, kids can do this with us before we dismiss them. If you have your Bible, take it with me as we say our Bible decree. Let's say this together. This is my Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Amen. If you have your Bible, can you please turn with me, if you would, to Psalms chapter 120, verse 165. Psalms chapter 120, verses 165. And the kids are now dismissed to head back to Children's Chapel. Now, you kids, behave, be great assistants, be great mentors, and have a good time. And by the way, I just love that hat that just went out of here. I think I saw a Christmas tree hat. Now, that was cool. A tinsel Christmas tree hat. That I loved it. Now, that's the way to keep the season going, Amen. Here's what it has to say in verse 165. Those who love your instructions have great peace and do not stumble. Nothing shall offend you if you have peace. Much if you would please to also turn to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5 and we'll be reading verses 13 through 26. Given the circumstances of any given day, peace can easily be lost in the chaos and in the fear and worry and the frustration. Just the same, you can have peace today. If I were not sure and certain, I would not invest my time nor waste yours. But a fair question to ask all of you this morning. Where are we to find peace? Where are we to find peace? Many of you have heard this. It's a greeting. It's a Hebrew salutation. Shalom. Shalom. Which means peace. To be complete or to be whole. And we realize that in this season, many schools are not back together And moms everywhere want peace. And dads want quiet. We can say peace. We can sing about peace. We can even desire or want peace. Still the question remains, where are we to find peace? Remember the jingle? I'd like to buy the world a Coke. Peace and harmony, right? So since you guys know that, and for some of you you don't know, this was really popular back in the 70s. I mean, let's just watch and listen closely because I think it really had some, some importance there, right? This is how it went. I'd like to build the world a home and furnish it with love, grow apple trees. 
Many of us do remember the video, and for some of you young people, you may not even remember what that was about. And then Coke came out around Christmas time, and, you know, they talked about buying a Coke, and it brings peace and harmony. I don't know if that's the case, because after you drink Coke, it bloats it out about here. So I don't know how much peace and harmony there is there. But I love what John chapter 14 has to say. And in John, Jesus says, peace, I leave you. Peace, I leave you. My peace. I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So Jesus knew God's peace is a gift. God's peace is an issue of heart. Do not let your heart be troubled. Do not let your heart be afraid. God's peace is a gift. We can feel an issue of the heart. Peace is not an academic, social, economic, physical achievement Simple enough, a gift. Nothing you can do to earn, deserve, or demand. A gift that you must accept. And do not be confused here. The gift of peace accepted will not remove from life all tribulation. Was that me or was, that's what I thought. I'm like, what's going on, Willis? So we realize in our walk and in this time of need in our life, the scripture says, don't let your heart be troubled. So what brought us to church today? Why are we here? What woke us up and said, today I'm going to go to church And maybe the other 12 weeks you didn't. Maybe the other three weeks you didn't. Maybe for some other awkward circumstances you weren't here. But what brought you to church today? So I really do believe that when God woke us up and we are here, we're here for a lot of reasons. But I also believe that God is really working in the hearts and lives of all of us. I believe that we are now more in a time where you can talk about peace than any time in, in, in the history of mankind. And why at 2.45 in the morning would I wake up and think about, you know, as I was praying, God, what is it that we need? We need peace. We need peace in our relationships. We need peace in this world. We need peace in church. We need peace at work. There's so much chaos going on that we have allowed the oppression of the enemy to come in and to distract us from having True peace. Ask yourself this question. Do I have peace in my life? Have I allowed peace to come in and really comfort me? 
Do I put my faith and trust in God? Do I know that there is true peace when it comes to trusting Him? Things are hard. Finances are hard. Some of you got the stimulus check. I don't know how you're going to spend those big bucks. I mean, I really don't. Some get it, some don't. I don't know. I think it's a lottery pool. I really do. But people were saying, and I heard it this past week, when I get my next stimulus check. Okay. Why are we settling for material when that's temporal? It doesn't bring peace any more than your fancy automobile does. Isn't it interesting? We go into an... I don't even know where this is coming from, but I'm going to throw this little advertisement in there. We go into a car lot, and, and we approach you know, the showroom, and we go in, and they've got all the lights on, and for some reason the thing's shining like a 13-carat diamond ring, and we know we can't even afford that 13-carat diamond ring. We can't even afford the shiny, beautiful vehicle that's sitting in that showroom. But for some weird reason and weird way we negotiate with ourselves and say if i only had that lamborghini if i only had that truck if i own things would be different you see i could do this and i could do that and i could do this and then you walk around one part of the car and you look at this white sticker that's on that window and it says that it's 200,000 or it's 50000 or it's 75000 And you just go, you overlook that because this guy who walks up in this fancy clothes, he turns to you and says, Welcome. Twinkle, twinkle in his tooth. <laughs> and now you are sucked in. Because Mr. Salesman of the Year is going to convince you that it's only going to take you, your children, and your grandchildren to pay for that vehicle. Because what you thought was going to bring you peace when you got the fifth car payment and the new car smell disappeared, you said, what was I thinking? I can't even afford this $900 a month car payment. But yet we're so caught up in the here and now. This is what brings us peace, church the only thing that will ever bring you peace and contentment and comfort is Jesus Christ. You see, in the midst of trials, in the midst of tribulation, in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of chaos, that's when Jesus shows up. Hey, trust me, I live it. Sometimes I, when you feel like you're a rock bottom, you just can't understand, nor why am I going through this, what is happening to me right now, why am I even facing these issues? But it's during your turmoil and your struggles that Jesus shows up. He does. I am living proof of it. Well, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, let me give you an example. There was a time when our church was over on Riverside Drive and we had this mass exodus. And about 25 people disappeared and I said, oh no, what am I going to do? I started to panic. And I did. I started to panic. That hasn't happened once. That's happened about three times. Okay? And, you know, you, people get upset. And, and I understand that. And I'm, I'm sorry you get upset. But you get upset with your spouse. You get upset with your kids. Doesn't mean you go outside and you kick them 
out and slam the door and lock it, and you walk away from it and say, I'm over you. No. You don't just give up in that relationship. You try and you try and you try and you try and you try until you can't try anymore. The reason why I think we have so much difficulty in our life is because we haven't made Jesus Christ the foundation to what we're going through in life. He hasn't been ahead of our homes and ahead of our lives. And so we, we have a tendency to rely on the temporal instead of the eternal, and it's Jesus Christ. And that's why he said, peace I bring you, peace I give unto you, my peace is here for you. Will you take it? And so in the midst of all of the struggles of ministry, it was during those moments where I found, I said, God, what am I going to do? And God brought the greatest peace to me that I've ever felt in my life. I can't explain it to you. But he gave me great peace. And when you continue to follow Jesus Christ in your life, you will find the peace that passes all understanding. You will become content with whatever Jesus has for you. So it's just a matter of relinquishing all of your will and surrendering and giving him your will. That's what's difficult for us. Letting go and letting God so that God can bring us peace instead of the things of this world that won't bring us peace that are just temporal. Let me pray and ask God to add a blessing to his word. Father, we thank you that today we can come before you and thank you that you can set a platform of peace for each and every one of us. Help us to understand, uh, Lord, what you want said, but help us to kick off this year having greater peace. Lord, teach us something today. Let us walk away with with a, a greater understanding than we ever have had before. Let us just rest in you, God. We need you today. This church needs you today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. There once was a king who offered a prize to the artist who would paint the best picture of peace. Many artists tried. The king looked at all of the pictures, but there were only two he really liked, and he had to choose between them. One picture was of a calm lake. The lake was perfect mirror mirror of a peaceful, towering mountains that were all around it. Overhead was a blue sky and fluffy white clouds. All who saw this picture thought that it was a perfect picture of peace. The other picture had mountains as well. But these were rugged and bare. Above was an angry sky from which rain fell and in which lightning played. Down the side of the mountain tumbled a foaming, beautiful, crystal blue waterfall. This did not look peaceful at all. But when the king looked, he saw behind the waterfall and there was yet a tiny bush growing in a crack in the rock. And in that bush, a mother bird had built her nest. And there in the midst of the rush of the angry water sat the mother bird on her nest. Perfect peace. You see, the king chose the second picture. Do you know why? Because, explained the king, peace does not mean to be in a place where there is no noise, trouble, Or hard work. Peace means to be in the midst of all those things and still be calm in your heart. That is the real meaning of peace. 
Isn't that interesting? Last month was Advent, and peace is one of the, one of the weeks where we focus our attention on the theme of peace. Peace is also the third character quality that Paul explains here in Galatians chapter 5. And in this passage of Scripture where we have a list of the characteristics that God desires to produce in us as we allow the Holy Spirit to be in control of our lives. I want you to listen closely as we read Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. Galatians 5, 13. I'm going to be reading out of the King James Version uh, for this narrative until the very end because I believe that there are words in here that really resonate with me. And in verse 13 of Galatians chapter 5, it says, For brothers, you've been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. But by love serve one another. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. This I say, then walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Isn't that amazing? Walk in the Spirit. Live life in the Holy Spirit, and you will not have to worry about the lusts of your flesh. In verse 17, for the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you are led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest. The Bible says the works of the flesh are evident. Which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, adultery, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. Verse 21, envying, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of this of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous. Let us not be conceited of vainglory, provoking one another or envying one another. Wouldn't it be great to be really at peace? To close your eyes and be alone with your heart and feel not scattered, not hectic, not hurried, not stretched but rather to feel calm, to feel solid, to feel centered, and yet to feel, as we sing in that song, it is well, it is well with my soul. Wouldn't it be great to wake up in the morning and smile, welcoming the day ahead, because deep in your soul, you are at peace with yourself and your life. Wouldn't it be great to have something difficult or painful come hurtling towards you and be able to react, not with panic and not even with fear, but with a calm assurance. Whatever the problem is, you know God is going to walk with you through it and even bring good out of it. Wouldn't it be great to really, truly, honestly be at peace? And that is the peace that Jesus Christ brings. That is what God promises 
will be our experience if we will walk with Jesus and allow Him to be our Savior and the Lord of our lives. Doesn't that sound amazing? I hear this all the time, and I want you guys to go back into a moment in your timeline where you know somebody has passed away. And in that moment where somebody passed away, your loved one has said, I am at peace. Why? So I started thinking about that, and I thought, why does death bring peace? Because it's right at that moment of death to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord, that you have a time in your life where all the chaos, all of the noise and the distractions of this world suddenly come to a screeching halt. And now you come to a place where you have to look at yourself and say, either I'm at peace or I'm not at peace because I'm leaving this world. And death has brought that. So I'm going to go over five quick points with you. What is peace at Christmas, or do we call it New Year's, East, New Year's Eve peace? Was it peace at Christmas? And I thought I'd do this. We still have the Christmas trees up here. We have a wonderful wedding happening this coming Thursday, so we, we left it up for the ambiance and setting of this, this setting. So we're excited for that dear couple sitting down here on the third row. Am I allowed to say something? Okay. Paul and Donna. Okay. And uh, <laughs> so, uh, so they're excited. Okay. I just had to throw that in there. Talking about Christmas peace like a good idea, but then it starts to seem really out of place with what is actually happening. You're celebrating Jesus' birth. It has turned into such a big, busy, hectic deal that it seems like the concept of peace is about as far from reality as we can possibly imagine. So much to do, so many things to buy and bake and be a part of. If we look around, it isn't peace that we see. But frantic, we're stressed out. Overburdened people rushing around everywhere, trying to do the last minute shopping, creating conflict as they strive for some ideal version of what this past holiday looked like. Peace? Peace. It's a nice idea. It certainly was not a part of most of our lives during this holiday season, but we were striving for it. I recognize that it isn't true for all of us, but for those of us for whom it is true, how do we reconcile with the simple fact that Paul tells us that when we live by the Spirit, God produces peace in us. When we live by the Spirit, God produces peace in us. We already... We already heard this past Christmas from a pastor who stood up here who said that Jesus Christ was God, Emmanuel, with us, that he brought peace, right? Jesus came to bring peace. But in the past season of celebrating Jesus' birth, peace seemed like a long way off. Why? Because of the pandemic. Because of being sheltered in place and social distancing and masks and working at home, the church doors were closed, businesses closed, and I can keep the list going on and on and on. And it's almost ironic that Jesus chose to enter the world without a fanfare, without extensive preparation, without any of the trappings that we would expect to accompany. What a royal visit. And yet today, the fanfare, extensive preparation, all the trappings threaten to overwhelm the basic truth 
that Jesus came to earth. God became human, a baby boy, born to an unwed mother in an obscure village and laid in an animal feeding trough, is the king of the universe. God with us to save us, to forgive us, to love us, and more importantly, to do what? Bring us peace. So I'm going to ask you an important question. Do you want that kind of peace? And into the painful, stressful, hectic uncertainty that all of us have been experiencing, the only place we will find is peace through Jesus Christ. The child that came in the manger who would grow into the man who died on the cross. Point number two. I have found Jesus, so why don't I have peace? That's a question that has been asked to me. But I know Jesus Christ, but why is it I don't have peace? Many of us long to know the peace of God. That deep inner conviction that in our very souls we can say it is well. The centeredness, that solid ground for our spirits, we know that it can only come through Jesus. And we believe that the Holy Spirit produces it within us, yet if we are honest, many of us do not relate to it personally. We are lacking in the peace we desire. What has gone wrong and how might we fix it? As far as I can see, there's only three options to think about. God isn't keeping his word. Satan has somehow stolen our peace. And we have made choices to keep God from growing that peace within us. But I'm going to say, and I can safely reject the first one, that God isn't doing his part, even though we sometimes feel that way. Church, God keeps his word. God keeps his word. So that only leads us to the other two. That leads us to the next point, number three, stolen peace. Watch and listen closely. The Bible is very, very clear that there is an evil opposition to God and to God's kingdom. And the center of the battleground is in our hearts. And did you realize that this is the center of the battle? Your heart. Let me say that again. This is the center of your battle. Your heart. You are so valuable to God that he would enter into an incredibly costly battle to win your heart and your love. John Eldridge in Waking the Dead says the birth of Christ was an act of war and invasion. The enemy knew it and tried to kill him as a babe. Even the angel of the Lord came unto Joseph. He said, get up and flee. Herod is out to kill you. In Matthew chapter 2 verse 13. There's lots of teaching in the Bible about what to expect in the battle and how to protect ourselves and a constant assurance that this evil has already been defeated. Yet we continue to fight until the day when that victory is finished. And in the meantime, we expect that our peace will have to be fought for. We understand that we are in spiritual battle, fought for the hearts and souls of all people. That almost sounds like the opposite of peace, doesn't it? If we are at war, then how can we? Be at peace. Well, because of this, the peace which Jesus brings is not, at least in this age, an external peace. It is an 
internal peace. It is not absence of the external battle. It's not the depth of our souls knowing who God is and who we are as God's children. That's not in peace in whatever situations we find ourselves. It is not the picture of what you heard the king say in the beginning of the story. It isn't a calm, glassy lake. It is the bird on its nest in the midst of the storm and of the waterfall. There was once a philosopher of the first century who wrote reference to the Pax Romania, the Roman peace that existed in the civilized world at the time and about which the Caesar boasted. Here's what he said. While the emperor may give peace from war on land and sea, is unable to give peace from passion from grief, and from envy. He cannot give peace of heart for which man yearns more than ever outward peace. And this is where it gets serious. This is where I believe we as Americans, we as humanity is struggling. In the midst of this external battle, the devil is going to do everything possible to upset us. Knock our feet out from underneath us, cause us to question God and to be suspicious and negative and difficult with each and every one of us and one another. To turn our focus away from God and onto anything else. Distill our peace to upset us and to hurt us. Next, we're going to consider the possibility that we have made choices to keep God growing Peace in us. There's something that each and every one of us need. We need peace within us. I like what James 4 tells us. Simply resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You know, this, I I was talking to Becky this morning and I said, this is a serious conversation because it's one that, yeah, I know I have funny antics and sometimes I joke up here. But how can, I don't want to dummy down nor discredit when Jesus said, peace I bring to you, my peace I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Do you understand that the opposite of peace is anxiety? The opposite of peace is having a troublesome spirit. And church, we are in a time when we need to cry out to God and you don't have to live in fear. You don't have to be afraid. Here is the important question. Are we believing the whole counsel of God or are we only believing part of what the Holy Scriptures have to say? I'm just as guilty. And we have allowed the spirit of King Nebuchadnezzar. We've allowed the spirit of Jezebel. We've allowed the demonic spirit and the oppression of this world to come into our minds and to sink to the depths of our heart so that we live a life that we're afraid. Church, you are released. I'm going to believe that you no longer have to live like that. Where's change come in your life? Where are you going to change? Because, listen, a man that I know owns a cleaning company, and every time somebody gets COVID, they call that man up, and he's in there spraying things down. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. 
I am not bowing the knee to the oppression of the enemy. Be very, very careful. Be very, very careful. Have, the Bible says, great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. In some translations it says nothing shall bother them. Where's your peace? See, we've allowed the enemy to talk to us, haven't we? We've actually sat down with him because the last time I opened up the Bible, Pastor, was probably, I don't even know when. Well, so now I'm going to quote this to you again. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. I need you to spend some time with him. I need you to sup with him. I need you to talk with him. I need you to worship him and praise him. I need you to be in the Word. And I'm not here just to give a flowery message. I'm here to tell you it's time for change, church. It's time for change. Number four, you have no peace because of your poor choices. We're in the middle of the battle. Yet more often I think our lack of peace comes from us having made choices to keep God from growing peace within us. I don't say that to, har- I don't say that to be harsh or condemning at all. But because it is true, we cannot create any of the fruits, but we can prevent God from creating them. The truth will set us free, even if we don't like to hear it. So what kind of choices are you talking about, Pastor? What kind of choices am I talking about? Top of that list is choosing to spend time in lots of other ways, expect allowing God to mold us and create us, and allowing Him to grow within us the Spirit That's in us. You see, what's happened to all of us, we've gotten busy. We've squeezed God out of our lives, shoved Him down on our priority list. We've pushed Him way down there. And then we wonder where God is or why we aren't seeing more of His power and goodness in our lives. So church, where is He on your list? Where is He on your list? Also, Close to the top of that list is how we have reacted to the pain that comes from living in this world. We have been hurt, wounded, and sometimes crushed. And that is an unfortunate part of our lives here on earth, which we cannot avoid. God's great desire is to come and comfort. To come and to heal. To come and to perform surgery to get out of the poison and make us whole and healthy and at peace again. More often than not, and however, we don't run to God to heal us. Sometimes instead we turn away from God, bury the pain, or we try to lean, or we try to learn to cope with the pain instead of allowing God to heal us of the pain. We don't have peace because we have a deep hurt that we haven't let God into. Wow, that's amazing. Sometimes we've even made deliberate choices that reject God. Now watch, He is called, and yet we've said no. He's been knocking on your heart to surrender. And you said no. Why? Because you're full of pride. Because you're arrogant. That's why. We've known an act was wrong. But we've cheated anyway. We've lied anyway. We've gossiped anyway. I like what Paul says in his word. We have given into hostility... 
We've given into quarreling. We've given into jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, divisions, the feeling that everyone is wrong except those in your own little group, envy and drunkenness among the others so we don't have inner peace because we are not right with God. And if you're not right with God, you shouldn't have peace. And the lack of peace helps us to recognize that something is wrong. Something needs to be forgiven and something needs to be saved. You need God. What about church if I got down here on my knees and I'm 50 and I'm going to get down here gently and I cried out to God and said, God, just please give people peace. God, give me peace. Through death, through life, through the ups and downs and the twists and turns of life, through good health and bad health, God, give me peace. What? Wow, it amazes me that it's such a controversial issue because, again, the opposite of peace is faith and trust. I mean, the opposite of peace is fear and anxiety. But on the opposite side is faith and trust. Thank you. Sorry. It's hard sometimes being me. But he says, peace I leave with you. A long time ago, a couple years ago, Lindsay said to me, Dad, it was very difficult for me to sing it as well. She said, I couldn't believe it. I was just singing and I started thinking about myself and it really brought me to tears. We say all the time at this church, and I ask the question, is it well with your soul? I love that we have a church family that loves coming together. I'm serious. I need it. It brings peace to me. It brings life. It brings hope. It brings love. And I need it more than I've ever needed it. Yeah, it's easy for you to say, oh, pastor, you were called when you were 15 years old. No, guess what? The enemy is as evil and wicked, and he's out to oppress me and suppress me and trip me up so I no longer speak the words of life into mankind. We're all sinners saved by grace. But in order to start seeing the power of God, we've got to resist the enemy and start believing that God is bigger than just pages between leather. That He is a God that is able and capable of bringing peace. This morning I'm going to skip over this big story because of time because I want to get through this and I want to finish this message today. Number five, and this is my last point, says back to Jesus. So where do we get peace? We, we come back to Jesus. Born to die, born so that our sin might be forgiven and so that we might be filled with the peace of God through God's act of forgiveness and restoration. Aren't you grateful? Hold on a minute, church. Aren't you grateful that we all that realize that God has accepted us in our imperfection. We're all sinners. But He has accepted us in our imperfection. Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the peace of God... So church, if you allow the peace of God into your heart... There will be a sense of contentment, right? 
You won't be troubled. I'm not saying to act stupid. I'm saying to be smart. Hi, I believe I can walk out there on that water. I'm going to walk and skip diddy doo dah all the way across. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to be fearful over that because I've got the power. Well, you've got the power, all right. What you need is inside here, not external. And I believe that I'm in the midst of a church congregation that has been struggling with peace in their life. You've been struggling with pride. You've been struggling with self-centeredness. You've been struggling with condemning other people. I already told you before that the worst thing that this pandemic has brought in my life is I have more people wanting to take me down, put me in a headlock, and and, uh, give me a noogie. Just kidding. Punch me in the face. I mean, the looks that I've gotten. We've talked about this, right? You've gotten it too. It isn't just me in this room. I've shared stories and I've heard your stories. People feel like they can violate you, that there's no boundaries any longer. Seriously. They're going to give you their opinion, whether you like it or not. And so what happens is it starts to rob us of our peace. It starts to rob us of our joy, doesn't it? Because people have their own agendas and their own opinions. Well, I'm here to tell you, my agenda and my opinion is Jesus. And yes, some of you would probably say, oh, he is one of those crazy pastors if I told you some of the things I really believe. But I know I've seen it in my life and I have the power because of Jesus Christ. Let me say this in closing. Here's what we remember. On Christmas Eve, for those that were able to make it despite the snowstorm and the pandemic, we gathered around the communion table. And, and for many of you, I know that, we have, that I've probably spoken a little bit more firm and strongly this morning than I normally do. But the root of it is that I want to fight for peace for each and every one of us. As a pastor, there's no greater joy to, to see the people of Jesus Christ have peace. Because I realize that God is passionate about you. And God loves you deeply. So deeply that He would send His Son to die in your place so that you could be forgiven and set free. The truth is that we live, is that as we live in Jesus, as we live in the power of the Holy Spirit, we will be filled with good things, including peace. Living in the Spirit means standing firm against the devil. And it means each of us continually choosing to do something that is so difficult for many of us because we'd have to change. And that means that I would have to let God in. That I would let Him take residence in my life. And then that I would give God my time, my space, and that He would have precedence and priority at the top of my list and not at the bottom. Yet to give God our pain and our hurt and to confess our sin to receive God's incredible forgiveness. So I'm going to conclude today with the Word of God. And as you hear me read this, and as we finish, ask yourself this important question. How are you walking? 
Are you walking in the Spirit? Are you feeding the lusts of your flesh? So Paul said in verse 16 of Galatians 5, So I advise you to live according to your new life in the Holy Spirit. Then you see, you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The old sinful nature loves to do evil, which is just opposite from what the Holy Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite from what the sinful nature desires. See, these two forces are constantly fighting each other and your choices are never free from this conflict. But when you are directed by the Holy Spirit, you are no longer subject to the law. And Paul said in verse 19, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, your lives will produce these evil results. Maybe this is you. Maybe God has this for you and in 2021... Stop the sexual immorality, the impure thoughts, the eagerness for lustful pleasure, idolatry, participation in demonic activities, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, divisions. I like what Paul had to say, the feeling that everyone is wrong except those in your own little group. Envy, drunkenness, wild parties and other kinds of sins. Let me tell you again, as I have told you before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so I'm going to leave you with this today. And here's what he says. But when the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, now watch, he said in there he will produce this kind of fruit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Here there is no conflict with the law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful natures to his cross and crucified them there. If we are living now by the Holy Spirit, let us follow the Holy Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or irritated of one another or be jealous of one another. Let us be free. Let us walk in the Spirit. Let us run in the Spirit. Let us have victory in the Spirit. Let us be overcomers and conquerors in the Spirit. Do you receive that, church? Be free from the old sinful natures. Quit feeding the lust of the flesh and put to death, as the Scripture says, the lust of the flesh and start to walk in the Spirit. Prove to those around you you love God more than you love yourself. Let's all stand as we close today. Listen, Lord, make me an instrument of Thy peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, Lord, give me hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Oh, divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. To be understood as to understand. To be loved as to love, for it is giving that we receive, it is imparting that we are pardoned. 
And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. So how do I make this personal? There's not one person up here that is perfect. None of us. I have my family up here. I have friends up here. Officers up here. My kids. My twin sister. We're family. But that doesn't... We're here because we're doing the best we can to walk in the Spirit of God. I want more than anything to see my kids have peace. I want more than anything to see my family have peace and to draw on that peace. And the only way that you can do that is to yield and to submit your will to the will of the holy, living, wonderful Savior, Jesus Christ, our Father. Walk in the Spirit. Paul said, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. In Romans 5.1. He also says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always. In every way. So this morning church. May the Lord himself be with you. For he himself is our peace. Let's pray. God thank you for this moment of reflection. Thank you for this church. Thank you for those that are here today, Lord. Help us as we, as we stop and reflect in this song just to close out. Lord, we've dedicated these couple hours to you today. Help us to, to walk in the Holy Spirit. Help us to have peace and understand the importance of that peace. God, even Paul said in Galatians, we've got we've to stop submitting to the lust of our flesh and yet to walk in the Spirit. God, today people need delivered from that. And this year, help people to make commitments to do just that in their life. Let there be peace on this earth. Let there be peace. And it only comes through you. So speak to our hearts today. Change us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.